A very good afternoon once again. Welcome to another beautiful live broadcast. My name is Isaiah Phillips. I came to allow you to tune into the Potter's Gate online broadcast. Welcome, my dear sister Tina, this afternoon. I want to welcome you. Uh, also, be welcoming everybody joining us this afternoon. Well, this afternoon, I'll try as much as possible to conclude on this uh, um, topic we began to look into that deals with the concept of the resurrected life. Thank you so much, uh, Brother Derek, also for connecting. Uh, we are not going to waste uh, uh, time this afternoon. I just feel I need to conclude. I was supposed to conclude yesterday, but of course I could not. So let's see how far we can go today. I'll try as much as possible to conclude this teaching as much as, uh, I mean, the, the truth, the revelation that heaven is just unpacking before us is just so huge, just so much. It's not something that, uh, you know, one can, you know, conclude on, but I'll try as much as possible just to, you know, leave it where, or, you know, will at least give us some, you know, better, you know, clarity and insight and a, and a broader view. Then we can do our own homework, in, you know, by our own, you know, self. I believe it's something that we need to, you know, continue to look into. In fact, the more you listen to some of the uh, uh, teachings that we have done, the part one and the part two, you discover that uh, this, these are words uh, that, that are inexhaustible. We cannot exhaust the things the Spirit of God is revealing to, is revealing to us. And, and I'm so grateful, you know, that heaven can find us worthy to share and to pour into us such a timely word, such a timely truth that is helping to accelerate the counsels and the purposes of God in the earth. So once again, we want to welcome you. A couple of uh, scriptures that I hope to highlight all right, this afternoon, and uh, I believe that the Lord amen, will, will expand this truth in our heart. We're going to go back to you know, that scripture we looked at yesterday, Hebrews 12. That Hebrews 12 seemed to have done something to me. I don't know about you, but there's been a shift in my, in my, in my, in my spirit, in my outlook. I could feel the, 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 the dropping of, of, you know, of, of the life of God deep within my spirit. I, in fact, I could feel it physically. You know, that something happened. There's been, there's been a shift. There's been an upgrading. There's been an, an impartation. I don't know about you, but if, you, if you're tracking, I'm sure you, you will bear witness all right, toward the Lord because there's power in the word of God. If we connect to the truth, if we connect to the revelation of God's word, we cannot be the same again. And, and it's from that position that I'm sharing this word. This is not just some nice message. These are timely words that are demanded to you know, shift us, to, to bring us to a new position. All right, in the spirit, and that's what I really want to do. I just need to. <clears throat> All right. So these are timely word that is bringing us to a new dimension of spiritual operation. All right. Heaven is changing our, you know, our tools of operations. Heaven is upgrading us. They are imparting, building within us new spiritual, you know, plugins, new spiritual, you know, wisdom, understanding is coming to, to, you know, to us from a different level. And I'm so excited. And of, of course, also, you know, uh, uh, developing that sense of reverence, all right, to, you know, to God, because that's how we must track God. We can't just get, yeah, yeah, revelation is coming and all of that. No, we also need to track what God is saying with a sense of, you know, uh, of, of, of awe, with a sense of reverence, with a sense of, you know, uh, uh, sacredness, that, that, that position that brings us to a place of really getting to 
understand what God is saying. That this is not just some, you know, wow, powerful word. No, this, this is going to demand a lot of things in our life. They said, to whom much is given, much is required, much is expected. And that's where we are. But we thank God that, you know, there's nothing that the Lord deposits in us that we are, we are not prepared for, all right? There's nothing the Lord demands from us that, has, that, they, are not, they, are, that they have not given us the capacity, amen, to, you know, to offer, all right? If the Lord is demanding Isaac from you, you'll be, you'll be surprised that he's giving you the grace to give that Isaac, all right? God, God is not a tax master. You know, our father is not a tax master. He doesn't demand or determine, you know, things in our life that he's not giving us the grace. Grace is always given to carry out, amen, the things of God. The only thing is when we find ourselves selfish, when we find ourselves, you know, self-centered, then it becomes difficult to release. Then it becomes difficult. So we want to thank God that all that the Father, amen, is saying and demanding of us in this brand new day are the things that you, if you check deep within your spirit are the things that he has prepared you for. God never just throw things to us without preparing us, all right, for, you know, to offer or to understand or to accept, all right? The things of God are, are connected to their, you know, preparation. It prepares us. That's why we pray for certain things. We believe God for certain things. And it seems it's taking time. The reason why it's taking time is because God knows that we are not ready for that thing. So he, he elongates the time to make sure that we are ready, we are prepared, all right, for what he, uh, what we are believing him for, what we want to receive. And it's from this concept of insight and understanding that we engage the things of God. So we engage this new day, amen, with a sense of readiness. We are engaging this season with a sense of preparedness. We are engaging this season. We're saying to the Lord that we are ready, that we receive, amen, the, 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 the life and the, and, the, and the wisdom, all right, to, to embrace all of the revelation and all of the, you know, a, a grace that he is giving to us to move, to move forward and to bring forth a people. All right. Before he ever used Moses to bring them out of Egypt, he prepared him. When Moses wasn't ready, he sent him back to school again. Another 40 years, he was ready. The same with Paul. The same with all of the, you know, instrument that God used. God never uses, amen, or send, you know, something into our life that he knows that we're not ready for. Okay. God is, God doesn't waste his, his resource. He prepares us. So if you will, this is a, this is a teaching that is preparing us for the next season, but that which we are coming into right now, are the things that we have been prepared for amen so we want to rejoice in that we want to celebrate amen that the fact that you know out of I don't know the the, the 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 number of Christians we've got in the uh, you know on, on the earth today. At least we've got seven billion people plus living on earth. Maybe we say we've got maybe three 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 four thousand you know billion people. Out of all of that people number of people, guess what? You and I have been cho have been chosen. I mean, I was just having a shower before coming, and I was thinking about that. You know. Wow, in, in, in the midst of all of the things that is happening in the earth, in the midst of all right, the, the various voices and, and speakings in the earth, God has chosen to speak to us and reveal his heart. To, that, that must count for something. That must count for something. That out of the number of people living in the earth, living in South Africa, you are chosen, have been chosen to be part of what God is saying in this season in time. That, that, that will wake you up. That, I mean, that will wake you up and give you a sense of commitment, a sense of, you know, responsibility, a sense of, you know, leadership. Of course, by now you understand that leadership is not just about leading people. It's a place, it's a position, it's a condition of a life that we find ourselves 
that when God is now ready to send us as his representative, amen, a leader is first a person that has a standing, a place before God, amen, and, and in that condition of you having a standing with him, when they are ready to deploy you, they deploy you, they can deploy you, amen, amidst the nation, they can deploy you to one person, and they can deploy you, amen, to go speak to 10,000, 20,000, and they can deploy you to one, amen, it still does not change the capacity and the instructions of leadership. So all of these are the things that God is correcting in our lives. So let's not get, you know, into this idea that, well, I'm a leader, but I'm not leading nobody. Ah, ah, ah. You're leading yourself. Every day you wake up, hallelujah, and you say, it's time to connect to that man. It's time to hear what God is saying. It's time, amen, to, you know, to respond. It's, that is leadership. He who cannot lead his household, amen, cannot lead the church of the Lord. And guess what? For you to lead your household, you must first, uh -huh, you know what I'm talking about. You must first lead yourself. The greatest challenge, amen, in our concept of leadership is the ability to lead ourselves. Is the ability, because in fact, it's from there that God deploys us, amen, into the greater field. He who is faithful in little, amen, much shall be committed. Are you getting the concept? You see, when God speaks to us like this, he speaks from all angles. He's perfecting us, he's building us up, amen. He's equipping us to become vessels, to become instruments that are worthy, that are ready, amen. Listen, we're stepping into a new day. Can I give you a word? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I love what God is doing in my life this, you know, in this new season. The way God just dropped things in my spirit. Look at, look at David. David was with sheep. He wasn't with people. David, David never had any qualification of training people, of fighting men. You know, he was at the backside of the wilderness, yet the Lord was depositing, you know, revelation just like God, God is doing with us now is depositing things in the heart in the spirit of David and I'm sure David sometimes must be cracking his head Lord why are you saying all this thing to me why are you giving me this kind of song why are you giving me this kind of chord to play because we know that David is a harp player he, he plays harp he plays all why are you teaching me how to swing and all of this thing he didn't know that God was preparing him for something great something before him but he was committed he was faithful you understand? All of the men who thought they were ready, they were at the war front. But guess what? Who saved the day? Who saved the day? It was David. So, so let's understand, amen, the, the, the systems, the principles, and the concept of how God, amen, is training. There's a new order of leadership. I've said this before. When this corona thing started, you're going to see that a lot of people are going to be coming out and rewriting the idea or the concept of leadership. You're going to be seeing all kinds of books coming out. People are going to be talking about all types of all kinds of leadership. Amen. They're going to be shifting from the focus that you know, leadership has been looked into in time past. And they're going to be you know, looking into all of the things that is happening. Many materials, many books are going to be coming out. All right. So I'm just saying this because I know that is what is going to happen. But guess what? God has spoken to us and we are already training and preparing. What I'm doing right now is that i'm training you for the days ahead i'm preparing you hallelujah so when the days come where you are demanded to do certain things when the time comes where they say take amen the, the loaf of bread and milk to your brother who are fighting a battle they seem to be losing that you will not complain you will say yes ma i will go yes daddy i will go you will respond because something in you hallelujah will save the day something in you will bring a people hallelujah to freedom from the hand of that which look unsurmountable that which looks complex is called Goliath. Right now, it seems as if nothing is happening in your life. It seems as if you're just you just you're just taking it. Continue to take in, continue to take in, continue to tune in, continue to listen to Isaiah Phillips. I am depositing something in your spirit that in the day that you will need this thing, the key, hallelujah, will just come off because it's called the keys of the kingdom. 
Alright? There is nothing magical about the things of God. It must be built up. The church must be built up. So we're building you up. We're training you. We're imparting. Sometimes it's going to be challenging. Sometimes I feel like that. Hey, I just let these people rest. Give them a break. <laughs> just give them a break. Hey, but <laughs> listen to this. There is something that is coming ahead of us. We are passing through this shadow of the valley of death. We've, this one, In fact, we've already passed this one. We've passed this shadow. We've passed the shadow of Corona. There's something bigger than Corona coming. And we have to be ready. And in that context of being ready, heaven is shifting our position of, of location and operation. All right? This is what we saw yesterday. God gave us a powerful word, amen, that has laid a foundation for us. We're coming into, amen, the operation of what is called, amen, the power of resurrection. We're entering into what is called the life of resurrection. We are stepping into the, resurrec the resurrection life. But to do that, we've got to understand the principles. We've got to understand the things that must be built within our lives. We've got to understand how we must speak in that day. We've got to understand the kind of tools that we must use the kind of mindset the kind of revelation that we must operate by these are the things that we are tracking and i hope you're tracking with me i hope you're tracking with me unfortunately you cannot say amen <laughs> but but i just hope you're tracking with me i want your life amen to start changing all right and that's a big word i want you, i want you to be deliberate about the change that is that, that must take place in your life let me repeat what i've just said i want you to be deliberate about the change um amen that must occur in your life don't leave it to chance don't leave the change to chance no you've got to be deliberate you've got to focus on certain things and say in this place this is a word that has been highlighted i want to align myself i want to align my life i want to align my thought pattern to this word a word god gave to us amen hebrews chapter 12 i'm not going to linger along you know linger too much on this hebrew because there are other scripture that i want us to look into all right that will kind of give us you know a, 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 you know a complete framework of of what we are coming into we're coming into a new life we're coming into a new man we're coming into a new condition all right and that coming requires that we transit that, tr that requires that we move from some place amen through if you will, through a, 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 a bridge that will connect us, amen, to the to the dawning of this new day that will allow us to begin to ascend, if you will, transcend. We have to leave outside time. We have to step into the into the day of eternity. Did you hear what I just said? We have to leave outside of time. And step into the day of eternity. Eternity means eternal now. And now that never, the Bible said, now faith is. So don't think I'm saying something to, <laughs> what's he talking about? Now faith is. When we live in the reality of faith, we live in the eternal now. Because as he is, the Bible says we are. And what does that mean? We operate in the level of grace that is given to us. Grace itself is a product of eternity. Everything that flows from the Father, amen, are, it, are, carries an eternal identity. They are, they are inexhaustible. Whatever God gives to us are inexhaustible. You say, so why, do, why then do we have to go every day, you know, to, to, if they're inexhaustible? Why do I have to go to God every day for those things? Why do I have to, huh? you go to those things, you, excuse me, you go to God, not for those things, you go to God for relationship. <laughs> Because you need relationship to maintain to maintain the thing. 
Are you with me? So let's quickly go back to, we've already done 16 minutes. Let's quickly, this is our introduction. Let's quickly go back to Hebrews. All right. I'll give you this foundation again that I'm going to go back to, rather not go back to, I'm going to look at some new scriptures that will further emphasize and amplify this concept of amen, the, resurrect, the resurrected life. All right. While I was, you know, showering, the word came to my spirit. We must move beyond just listening to the message and begin to translate. Amen. Begin to translate the message to tools. The message must become tools of operation. All right. All of these things that we're using, God is giving us a word. God told us, amen, that we've got to learn to take, amen, our spare, our spare, we use spare for war. We've got to learn to take our spare and trans transform it, translate it, amen, to what is useful in the new season that heaven has bringing, uh, is bringing to us. And in the day where God says, all right, now you've got so much and there's a war coming, you can still transform, amen, your, 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 your pruning hooks, all right? to weapons yes yes <laughs> i love i love the way god deals with us so we've got to understand that we're not limited and we're not bound we we've got to be plowable we've got to be flexible all right now we looked at a powerful scripture yesterday it said for you have not come to a mountain All right, we looked at the scripture yesterday. It said, for you have not come to. It said, for you have not come to a mountain that can be touched. And I wanted to just give you the meaning of that word again in case you have forgotten. Remember, we said that word touch means, amen, selapo. Selapo is a Greek word. And that word means to manipulate. All right, to verify by contact. Now, this is an order of a church. Like I said yesterday, remember, we said this word, selapo, this, this is a scripture. I say, for you have not come to a mountain that can be touched. Remember, that word church, excuse me, I said church, that word touch, amen, is a reflection of a system of operation. Is a reflection of a system of operation, amen, that is, if you will, limited or connected to Amen. The human sensory faculty. One of the one of the one of the core sensory faculty amen, of humans is the ability to what? To touch. Because when you touch your 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 sensory faculty, particularly the sense of emotion is triggered in. All right. When you touch something, feelings, amen, is steered. All right. There's a way you touch something that you you begin to you get a message you get you 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 get something out of what you have touched that touch tells you it passes an information all right into your space into your life into your mind it said for you have not come to a mountain amen that can be touched and we say that concept it is a is an is an order of a church is an order of a life that we have lived amen in one dimension in fact in in the past. That we we did we did things from that position, amen. Of how how we can touch, how we can taste it, how we can feel it, and 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 that's good, amen. If the concept of this sensory faculty have been have been renewed, transformed, amen, and have been captured by you know the new life in Christ. But if all we define our life, 
our concept of existence, amen, is, is just on what we can touch, then we are going to be deceived. Because the, the word says, the word touch means, it means to manipulate. Where is the scripture again? What happened here? All right. So we say that word, it means to, to verify by contact. Now, that's good, but it's not good enough if we are going to step into the kind of a dimension of a life that we are coming into. If we're going to be a, a victorious church, if we're going to be a church that, that is going to ride upon the wings, amen, of, of, of the coming storm. If we're going to ride upon the wind of the coming storm, we cannot live life amen, from a position of, you know, I want to touch it before I believe. As there's a new sense of faith, amen, that we have to come into that is not defined and judged or determined by touching something. Because if you touch it and then you conclude by what you touch, you can be deceived. You can be lied upon. Amen. Our feelings can deceive us. Our feelings are godly. But our feelings, amen, in the state that they are, they are still falling. They need to be, they need to be redeemed. That's why, amen, the gospel that heaven is preaching to us in this day is a gospel that must save our soul. The only thing that is hindering us from stepping, amen, into the third dimension, into what you call the resurrected life, into what you call the, the resurrected power of the kingdom, amen, is the barrier of the soul is the barrier amen of our falling nature many of us are still trapped we're trapped with you know we're, we're trapped you know within the the idea of how we feel you look at you look at something and you conclude based on your feelings the bible says we should we should live by faith and not by sight sight is a product amen of how we feel when you use your physical sight to determine to conclude on something hallelujah remember I think it's in Judges chapter 6. It's not, not Judges. Joshua chapter 6, if I'm not mistaken. When, when the Gibeonites. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, I, I don't want to get myself distracted by this. But this is very important. Is this judge, Is it? Uh, is in number 6 now. When the Gibeonites. Did I say Judges? Sorry. That's not, that's, that's not Judges. That must be. It's in Numbers. Let's, let me see number 6. But you know the, sto you know the story. <clears throat> when the Gibeonites came to the children of Israel. This is not Judges 6. Uh, excuse me, number 6. If it's not number 6, well, it must be somewhere... I don't want to I don't want to get myself you know distracted from that but that is a very good example of 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 you know of uh, Joshua all right making a judgment based on sampling things with his hand all right and with his natural sight the Gibeonites came they said look we've we've heard of your fame we've heard how your God has been with you guys how you've crossed the sea and all the things God has done for you we are Gibeonites we have come from a far place and when we when we left our place we made fresh bread 
to you know to offer to you as you know as 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 a sign of 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 peace and 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 love and appreciation of what your God have done. All right. And the wine that we also brew, you know, we look look at the thing. Look look at this 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 wine skin. We're full of wine, but now it's all dry. All right, the bread we made for you guys fresh when we bake we bake this bread. We're fresh, but look at it now. They are all stale and dry. And the Bible says that Joshua took the thing and sampled it. He sampled it. The Bible says he did not inquire of the Lord. Only for him, only for them to discover that they've been lied to. That the Gibeonites played a fast one on them. And now that is a point we don't want to find ourselves in this new day. Remember, I'm, I'm, I'm taking us, I'm leading us, I'm, and by the grace of God, we're coming to a place where we can begin to touch what is called the power, amen, of resurrection. We want to touch, we want to come into the life of resurrection. And if we're going to do that, we have to. Amen. Operate. We have to take the, the concept of living by the operations of faith, not sight, not touch. We, we want to leave this selapo. We want to leave this realm. Amen. Of selapo. We have not come to a mountain. And another word that came to me while I was looking at that is we are transiting. All right. All right. The Bible says we have not come to a mountain. In other words, there's a journey. We have not come. So they came there. They came to this point and they rested there. They came to this point, amen, where everything has to be done by how they feel. All right. Everything has to be done by what they see around. All right. The, the, the life of the spirit that ought to connect with the things of God that empowers them, that gives them ability and mobility to, to arise in power and, and begin to elevate into that position where heaven has ordained for them. All right. Was benchmark. They came to Selapo. And they, they were manipulated. I'm talking about a generation. This is a generational message, friends. What's a generational message? A message that impacts and affects the entire order, the entire people. So this is not just for one group of people. This is a, this is a message that should, that should go viral to the entire body of Christ. Because heaven is bringing us you know, out of an order. We are, we are being shifted. We are being moved amen, to a new reality. Amen. Everything that we are going to be doing from this day henceforth has to be done from a position that is called faith. This faith is not going to be operated amen, by how faith was defined 20 years ago. Where all that we understand and limit faith is just what we can possess the faith to get a bread the faith to get a car the faith to get a house now we're coming into the faith of resurrection resurrection we're coming into a faith that must give us the power of resurrection the faith that will cause us to live in a dimension of immortality the bible says they that must come to god Hey, they that must come to God must believe that he is. We're coming to God and the more we come, the more we are being transformed. The more we press in, the more we are being transformed. The Bible says the more we look into, hallelujah, the mirror of his word, we are being transformed. We are being changed from one dimension of glory to another. From one dimension of glory to another. From one dimension of glory to another. I told you every time you connect with the things of the spirit, people don't have to see it. People don't have to hear you. But every time you connect with the things of the spirit, there is a metamorphosis taking place. There is a change taking place. There is a transformation taking place. There is, there is an upgrade taking place. You may not even see it. 
Many of us will still be looking like this when Jesus comes. But the Bible says we will be changed suddenly in the tinkle of an eye. Why? Because our body, all that is happening within us, <clears throat> hallelujah, is what is sustaining the physical body. And by the time the Lord wants the physical body, amen, to, 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 to touch that dimension that is eternal, a change. The Bible says suddenly we shall be changed in the tinkle of an eye. That's not, that's not just about rapture. That is a power that has been working in the life of certain people. We will change and we shall be like him. We shall be like him in his full glory. So that is not just something that's going to happen suddenly. Suddenly, no. You're, you're, you're already going through change. You're already being transformed. You're already being caught up. Like I said, I really don't want to linger too much on this. But I just felt I needed to bring our mind back to that again. Because that is one dimension that we are living. You have not come to Selapo. You have not come to that which is verified by contact. Why? Because henceforth you shall know no man after the flesh. 1 Corinthians. Or 2 Corinthians, rather. Chapter 5, 16, 17. When we live in a dimension of a life that we want to know things by, by the flesh means by sensory. The word flesh means, sen you know, operating by your sensory organ. Operating by, you know, trying to connect to the things of the spirit through your senses. If you try to do that, you'll be benchmarked to a Jesus earlier that only fed 5,000 people. To a Jesus, amen, that, you know, did good things. You know, you know, you know there's a way the world system look at Jesus. Oh, he was a good man. <laughs> it was just a good man. This thing we're coming into is beyond Jesus being just a good man. We want to touch the inheritance, hallelujah, that he died for. That, that, excuse me, that through his death, amen, we came into. We want to touch that dimension and we want to live, amen, in that order of a life. We want to operate in that order of a life. And guess what? If you don't seek for it, if you don't desire it, if you don't press into it, if you're not hungry for it, if you're not praying for it, it's not going to happen. Because though you're a son, but you have not come into manhood. You have not come into the understanding of your inheritance. So they leave you in that position of a child. If it's, if it's, if it's, if it's yours and you have matured, you've grown, of, you've grown of age, you've come of age, you will begin to demand amen, of your place in the kingdom. Except for you have not come to a mountain that can be touched. So that's an order, and I'm going to leave that order, and I'm quickly going to go to the next thing that we must come to. He said, but you have come to Mount Zion. He said, but you have come to Mount Zion. All right? A mountain that can be touched is an operation. Mount Zion is a system too. When we come to Mount Zion, we discover that everything that is done in Mount Zion, amen, reflects a dimension of a people that have been resurrected, a people that have been elevated, a people that have a sitting and a standing, amen, in the heavenly places. We're talking about, amen, the, you know, the, the, the resurrected life because, all right, we, we, we came into Easter, 
All right? And a lot of people did a lot of religion, even though you live, you, you mean, the Easter was celebrated in people's home. But we're saying the reason why God brought us to this point is for us to recalibrate our sight. It's for us to look again and study again and discover the heart of God. Because friends, we are living in the day of his coming. The Lord is coming. And as it comes, we must also step out and begin to go out to what? To meet with him. So in meeting with God, in our transition to meeting with God, we have to look at amen, the, 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 the values that will allow us to be ready for him. The Bible says the virgins, amen, they went out. They, 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 their plan was to go out to meet with him. But as, as, as he delayed, the Bible says they fell asleep. And in their falling asleep, many of them, the Bible says, amen, you know, I burn out the oil. So when, when, when the bridegroom came, some people became disqualified. So we don't want to be disqualified, amen, in, in our movement towards his coming. We want to be ready. We want to find ourselves ready and prepared. But what will get us ready, amen? will be the injections of the revelation, hallelujah, of his coming. The things we must do, how we must change, how we must adjust, how we must connect, how we must interact and, in, you know, intercede, if you will, amen, to the things that relate to, amen, his coming. He said, but you have come to Mount Zion, all right? So where are we coming to? Mount Zion. Mount Zion, amen, is a place we must live is a condition of a life we must exhibit but we, we we have come to mount mount zion mount zion amen is a place of beauty the bible says mount zion amen reflects the perfection of beauty now beauty in the scripture is not just talking about how elegant you know a woman looks beauty amen in in in, in the scripture reflects amen and and, and showcase the experience of value that's why amen that woman in in proverbs 31 is is referred to amen as a virtuous woman that word virtuous amen is a beautiful woman the beauty amen is not the adorning amen of the outer man it is it is the quality life amen of what this woman carries which is a type of a church amen is a quality of a life a quality of a life whose husband amen is praise at the gate the place of authority the place of amen uh, 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 decision making yes the, uh, the husband has the ability to shift things to make things happen at the gate but it is because of the industrial the capacity the, the grace the the, the the spiritual state of this woman she was the maker hallelujah of her husband at the gate So we can begin to talk about amen, the dynamics of Mount Zion, but that's not where I want to focus on, all right, because of time. But the but the thing that we are saying, amen, to, to, to us as a community is we we have to come to Mount Zion. Now the word mount reflects that which is elevated, if you will, that which amen has a standing before the Lord. That which, I hope you understand, in the scripture, there are two kinds of elevation. There's an elevation by pride. There's an elevation by righteousness. There is an elevation by pride. That which exalts itself before the Lord shall be abased. <laughs> but that which the Lord exalts, amen, shall have a standing. 
The Bible says after, 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 you know, six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John to the Mount of Transfiguration. In this, in this, in the Scripture, Amen. Whenever we are brought to a, a place of elevation, we experience, Amen, transformation. In other words, we 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 experience change. What what is the change? The change is the values and the and the operations of our thinking, how we see things, how we operate. Whenever there's an elevation in the spirit, Alea, we become more like him. Peter, Bible said Jesus took Peter, James, and John to the mountain. In other words, like I said yesterday, that mountain was, was, was a reflection, if you will, a symbolic of his resurrection. Because the people that came to interact with him, the Bible says they came to speak, amen, regarding his departure. How did, how did Jesus depart from the earth? He resurrected. Elijah and Moses came to speak to Jesus regarding his departure. So you've got you've got three people who actually witness, you know, a, you know, a foreplay of of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. No one that Jesus said, "Do not say to anyone, don't tell anybody the things you guys saw until my my resurrection." That is the that is the word Jesus gave to his disciple. So we're coming to Mount Zion. We say Mount Zion, amen, is a place of spiritual elevation, is a place of spiritual development, if you will. Is a place where we where we get to be, you know, empowered in the spirit. In fact, it's a place where we get to begin to understand our true amen, spiritual position, where we begin to see who we are. Is a place where we discover our true identity is a place where we function amen in the state that heaven has ordained and designed for us man zion when you when you touch man zion you you operate amen in the beauty in the glory hallelujah in the in the reflection hallelujah of god's eternal life in you we have come to man zion so that's the first thing we saw there then it began to you know, qualify what Mount Zion is or what Mount Zion means. So, dwellers of Mount Zion operates, amen, from a dimension called the city of the living God. And one thing we understand about city, like I explained yesterday, is that city carries their own what? Their own economy. Every city has its own economy. Every city has its own system. So this, this city coming down, amen, is a reflection of the operations of the kingdom of God. Remember, this thing is coming down. It's a life coming down. It's a dimension of, of a system, of, 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 of a grace, of a value, amen, that is coming down. Anything that is coming down, amen, is going to make impact in the earth. Remember that mountain, that stone that was cut with that hand. All right, that hit the foot amen, of, of the image of Nebuchadnezzar. It's a small stone. But when that thing made impact, the scripture says that's, that little stone grew up to become a rock that did what? That filled the earth. Filled the earth. <laughs> I told us yesterday, there's an operation of life that we must enter. We must stop operating our walk with God from, from the earth realm. 
I told us yesterday that we must begin to operate from that which is coming down from above. That we must stop looking at the things of God. Like I said this morning, we must stop looking at the things of God and trying to interpret what is going on in the earth. Amen. From the earth realm. When you try to interpret all that is going on, the corona, you know, the, the plague and all of that, you know. And then, in fact, the Lord was, you know, opening my eyes to see something. There are several, imp several implications that we need to look into regarding what is going on in the earth. Amen. From the economic aspect, the political aspect, of course, you know, the, 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 so the social aspect, all right? the financial aspect, the leadership aspect. When you look at the impact of the corona and all that is happening around the corona right now, and you look at all, all of the things that has been impacted, you begin to ask yourself what is left. But there's one more aspect. That we've got to look into the spiritual aspect. And I think that is where either people are missing, but they're not even talking about it. And all of these things that I just mentioned, either the political, you know, the economic, you know, the you know, the 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 the, the, the social aspect, all of that, amen, must must stand, must must be must be defined on the values, amen, of the spiritual aspect, the spiritual implication. What is the spiritual implication of all that is going on in the earth? Because it's from there that you and I must be able to give answer. But if we're just looking at it, and, and I tell you, the, 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 the economic aspect is, is, is dire. I mean, you, you can begin to comprehend how much has been, has been, has been, has been lost. Amen. The money that's been, the economy that, I mean, we're already in recession. The world is already in recession. I was, I was listening to news yesterday. I think French... The, the, excuse me, the, the, the French people, yeah, the French people, France. I think they've released, if I'm not mistaken, is it 100 million? And they say, it, it, I mean, they're still adding. It's still, it's still, am I, what am I talking about? Some huge amount of money. They're pumping into the economy. And every, still, the more money they pump, is like the thing is just going down into some abyss. It's like... <laughs> What is going on? The, econo the economic aspect of, of all that has happened, we cannot even begin to quantify. What about the social aspect? I was listening to news this morning. There's a, there's a school in Kailisha. I mean, people are hungry. Children, they are, you know, this school, they have to open this school, you know, to start feeding people. To start. You heard the one of that happened also in Alexandria. You know, I don't know who gave, they gave maybe it's a fake, uh, you know, uh, false news or fake news that, you know, the, the, some people are going to bring, government is going to bring food. People, people, people has, have been queuing. They talk about social distance. Who's, who's queer about, they say we don't want to die of hunger. That's the statement they made on the news. The people say we don't want to die of hunger. So you you, you shutting people down, amen. Closing the, the whole nation down itself has, is having impact. It's now people are beginning to feel the, the you know the, the 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 economic impact, amen. The social impact, the financial impact. So these are these are serious things. But as powerful as heavy as all of this thing that we're highlighting, if we don't look at it from a spiritual perspective, we are going to become humanist. In, in our in our view because like i said this morning all of the things that is happening right now is because god is making a statement and he will continue to make the statement and we pray and we hope that people will wake up and realize and say wait a minute <laughs> we've missed it we better go back to him 
So that, 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 that's something that we need to consider. He said, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. That city has got structure, like, like I've just explained. He said, you have come to the heavenly Jerusalem, not the earthly one. So that's the fourth thing that, that we're looking into. You have come to, amen, you have come to the company. Some says a myriad, amen, of, of angelic. The translation I'd read yesterday is that you've come to, amen, a company of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels, amen, in joyful assembly. In joyful assembly. So when you look at all of this, it speaks to us about some very important concepts that, 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 that we need to begin to seek for. Because the word of God, remember the word of God is not just written for us to admire and, and, and just quote it. Whenever we read scripture, we must own the scripture. It must become part and parcel of our life. It must become part and parcel. So when you're praying, you must be praying, Lord, I thank you that you have brought me to Mount Zion. Amen. To, 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 to the city of the living God. Because I live in the city of the living God. I am secure. I have wisdom, understanding. Imagine people living in the city of God. Just imagine people living under the administration. Under the, under the administration. Under the leadership of God. He is their king. The city of the living God. You have come to the heavenly Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the city God has chosen. A city coming down with 12 foundations. So all of the dynamics that operates within the structure that we're reading must become part of our life. Yes, it's futuristic, but it's also part of that which is taking place. There is nothing that is going to happen that is happening in heaven that must, that, you know, that, that, that should not first, or that must not first take place within the structures of our understanding in terms of personal revelation. All right? Because heaven is a mirror of our life. Just like our life amen, is a mirror of heaven. We must come into it. You, you must, you see, like I said earlier, if you don't begin to press into these things in prayer, you're not going to experience it. Christianity is just going to be a nice, a nice religion. All right, that people talk about, and 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 you're not gonna experience the life. You're just gonna hallelujah, praise God, praise God, and then you go home. It's still the same thing, amen. You know, because you live in the world that that is bound by all kinds of issues. But as you press into this reality, the life of God, the grace of God, the 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 the, the, the desires of God now begins to find expression in your life, and when that begins to happen. You begin to start getting what I call elevation. You begin to experience resurrection. What is resurrection? Your new life. Because resurrection is not just about, you know, uh, uh, coming back to life from death. No, resurrection means that your original identity in God begins to function. <laughs> resurrection means that amen, you begin to function in your true eternal image in God. Because that's what Jesus did. When he rose, amen. That which he left with the Father, amen? that which amen, he, he discarded, amen? his glory that he left with the Father came back into his life. He, he began to walk in what you call a glorified life, a glorified body. Because amen, the Spirit of God did what? Came back to him. We read that scripture yesterday, it was two days ago. If the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in you. The glory life is in the spirit life. When you touch the diamond, I've, I've, I've met so many guys who preach, ah, we're going to step into the glory. These are days of glory. We want to enter into glory. And I'm like, eh, God help you. You've got a journey to glory via the spirit. 
If the spirit of Christ is not in you, if, you, if your word cannot be your bond, if, you, if, if what you're saying about Christ is not reflecting amen, what the word of God says, if you're still compromising about the things of God and then suddenly you think God is just going to pour his glory on you. No. Like I said a few days ago, God says in the last day, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The flesh that will take his spirit, that will accept his spirit, are flesh that are ready, that are open. If you're not open, if you're not saying, Lord, this is my house, this is my life, please pour. I receive. If you're not receiving, I like I like somebody, I'm not going to mention the person's name. Every time, you know, this this person, I maybe give a word to this person or, you know, uh, you know, say something. And this person says, I receive, I receive. I used to wonder why this person says, I receive. Suddenly it dawned on me. If you're not receiving what the prophet or what the man of God is saying, how are you going to walk in, in, you know, in what he's saying? So he dawned on me and said, oh, this is, a good, this is a good attitude. Even though I know some people, you know, you know in the religious, you know, order, you know, they just, I receive, I receive, I receive. No, but it, that's a good concept. you got to receive it. If you don't receive it, we receive things by faith before they become a reality in our life. All right? If you don't have an attitude, let's say the man of God is praying for you, but you don't have an attitude to receive from, and I hope you understand that receiving is not just a verbal thing. You've got to declare it. I receive it. It's by faith. When you receive it, that word I receive is like, amen. Amen. Let it be done to me according to my faith. I receive. Yes, it happens. So that's a good thing. And we've got to learn from these things. All right? So, we, we come into this dimension of a life, all right? It says, it says we, we, we are coming to a, a joyful company of angels in holy congregation. Now, listen to this. This is where I'm going. This, this is part of the heart of my message for today. It says, for we have come to the church of the firstborn. Why, why the church of the firstborn? <laughs> Why the church of the firstborn? Because when Jesus rose, like we said two days ago, through that resurrection, he, Bible, in fact, if you read the entire book of Romans, he explains that. He said we rose with him. He died with, we died with him. We also rose with him. Romans explained that. So I'm not going to go into that. You take time and read the book of Romans. I always tell people, if you, there are two books there are two major books if you really want to touch the things of God that you must read. If you're journeying with God, two books. The first one is the book of John. Another one is the book of Revel excuse me, the book of uh, Romans. These two books carries the key that unlocks all other books in the Bible. <clears throat> because the book of John shows you your position, your identity, and the things that are expected of you as a believer, as, as one who must grow, who must come into amen his inheritance in god but the book of romans tells you amen your spiritual identity but also show you amen your fleshy kind of identity and shows you how to kill that that falling nature amen in order to be able to enter the dimension of your spiritual life hallelujah that's why you know it took me if i'm not mistaken it i think it took me about three years just on the book of romans just gleaning for the book from the book of Romans, particularly if you're struggling with sin. For all of all of the people struggling with sin, you, I give you the key that will help you deal with sin once and for all. Start reading the book of Romans. There's no other cure. 
Let that thing sink into you. Read it again and again and again and again and again and again. You're going to realize that one day, one of these days, the new life of God in you will start shining like a light. Darkness has no place again. Alright? So, what am I saying? Jesus Christ is the firstborn. Is the firstborn. Is the firstborn. He parted the way. I'm just looking for another scripture. Or maybe I should just continue like this. Let's let's continue like this so that I don't get myself distracted. All right. So we, we talk about the firstborn church. It, it says we have you know it says we have come, we congregate as the first as the firstborn church who who have their identity in heaven. Why do they have their identity in heaven? Because when Jesus rose, we also rose with him. And we are seated. Remember the, the scripture that said we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Yes, that's not just some you know, nice scripture. That is a reality. That when we give our life to Jesus Christ, we are translated from death to life. Yes. But now you have to take that which has been done and begin to embellish that truth into every area of your life. You've got to start to embellish that into your life. You have to proclaim it and declare it. And then you have to start aligning your life, amen, as one that is no longer held back or held down, amen, by the weakness of the earth, by the burdens of the earth. I am seated. You know, this is where I like the, the concept of, you know, uh, 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 the Kenneth Hagin move. All right? Maybe you don't know Kenneth Hagin, but Kenneth Hagin back then, is, is that, you know, fine teacher from uh, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I think his ministry began in the, in the early uh, uh, 60s, if I'm not mistaken. But we began to know Kenneth Hagin in the, uh, in the late 80s. Yeah, no, no. In the early 80s. Early 80s. Mid 80s. All right. Towards the 90s. Anyone who has given his or her life to Jesus at that period... I mean, should know, you know, the ministry of Kenneth Hagin. Now, one of the things that Kenneth Hagin, you know, what, and I thank God for the kind of wisdom and grace that God has given to me, that many of these guys, all right, that God gave them certain dimensions of, of life and truth, okay? They are given in seasons. Many of them, all right, I kept their material. You know, I still have some of them. I still listen. Sometimes I still listen to Kenneth Hagin if I find them around. Or I, I'm not. I'm not gonna say. Well, I've gone beyond. No, 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 no. Because I, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm connecting to some of those things because I discovered that there's been a gap in our transition. Many of the things that some of some of the people are preaching today do not have, you know, connectivity. Are not coronating. There's no connection. You see, the things of God are in move. A little here, a little there. A little here, a little there. A little here, a little there. There are things that you ought to know in, in your grade one, all right, that allow you to be able to understand certain things or comprehend certain things in grade two. And there are things you must learn in grade two that will give you a nice foundation to grade three. That's how the things of God is. It, there's a movement. But you see, what I discover is, particularly in South Africa, I discovered that a lot of people are talking about the apostolic, the prophetic, but when I look at their concept of faith, it's like, it's vague. 
And I realized, oh, you guys did not go through, you know. And I'm not just saying it's just about Kenneth Hagin alone, but there are people that in that season, Kenneth Hagin, of course, was an apostolic, you know, man that God gave, gave the wisdom, gave the knowledge, amen, of that which is called, if you will, gave the keys, amen, that deals with the concept of understanding faith. I mean, when you listen to that man, you can have faith for anything. That was back then. But the faith that heaven is emphasizing right now, as much as we need that understanding, we need that first day school, amen, of faith. All right? Of course, like I said, the emphasis of today's faith is not more faith for things. It is faith to possess our true identity. It's faith to apprehend. It's faith to come into God. That's the faith. But the, the beginning of the faith that we, that we heard, that we learned back then, was a faith amen, to, 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 to allow us to understand our identity in God and to help us to exercise certain authority, spiritual authority. Amen. The faith to fight demons and to overcome. The faith to possess something the faith to heal people amen the faith to get things and those were good but we don't stay there gotta move on the things of god we gotta move on so so if you are if you have not understood uh, you know uh, this you know all round dimensions of the things of the spirit you're gonna find yourself struggling and this is what i see today and some of some of these guys, when I correct them, I try to make them understand. You know what they do? They stop following me because they think I'm trying to I'm trying to degrade them. You know, we're talking, we're talking apostolic. <laughs> we're talking, you know, dimensions. <laughs> and I just laugh. I said, look at this book. You are gonna make a shipwreck. Because the things that ought to lay a foundation for you, all right, to understand this big grammar that you're speaking, this so-called revelation that your apostle is teaching, all right, is not built on the right solid foundation that will allow you to comprehend. Because the things of God are interconnected. There is an interconnection. You can't pick from one dimension and, you know, no, we want to see the foundation. We want to see where that thing is connected to. And this is the reason why sometimes when I'm teaching, when I'm preaching, or I go back to foundation. You can see I will talk about foundation. There's a reason for that. Because I don't want to build this big thing, you know, on, on an assumptive foundation. And I don't want to, you know, assume or even presume that you know this thing. Even if you know them, there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing wrong in reemphasizing them. So your faith, amen. After all, Paul said, I want to come back to you again and build this thing again and remind you of this thing so that, you know, your faith can be strong and then we can have what is called a mutual relationship in our journey with the things of God. I've met men of God who have not gone through the first day experience, the second day spiritual experience, who are talking apostolic. And that's why they are confused. Their members are confused. And I'm saying this with all, with, 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 you know, with all respect. So, it is from that dimension of, you know, Kenneth Hagen, that people like, you know, uh, 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 the rest of, Kenneth Copeland, all of them who, who took that same message of faith, but now branch out into prosperity. And, you know, and people began to deviate. You see, all of the things that God was restoring, those are part of the journey of restoration. Don't make what God restored to the church the ultimate. That was the mistake they made. 
you need to build on that and move to something else. You need to build on that and move to... No, the tabernacle on it. You know why the tabernacle on it? Because, you know, this thing brought so much wealth to the church. It brought so much prestige. And, and, and people became so all kinds of things. Power, you know. But there was more to God than the things that people came into. And that's why you see a lot of churches in America in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the faith move, in the prosperity move. They came into wealth. They came into, you know, great things. And they came, they came down like this because the devil was just ready for them. Because they didn't have a foundation to hold on, to, you know, to build, to, to keep those things. And they did not move on with God. And I don't want you and I to make that mistake, alright? We have not a continuous city. We're seeking for that which is to come. But we've got to celebrate what heaven is saying to us right now. But we cannot, amen, tabernacle there. We've got to move on to God. There's always something better in God, even than what we have right now. There's always the next level in the things of God. Because we are going on unto perfection. You cannot get to one dimension. And you come into prosperity, you come into wealth, you come into God knows what. And think you have arrived. No, you'll be making a big mistake. So Jesus, the Bible says, he is the first, he, we have come to the firstborn church, but Jesus, amen, is the firstborn because he began something new, amen, he began something fresh, he, he, he was the portal, he was the began, beginner, amen, of a new civilization called, amen, kingdom people kingdom minded people jesus opened the door you and i came in and we became part of amen this new life he came to establish something the bible call it a new testament based on a new covenant that word new means amen the beginning of something fresh so when they say you have you know you 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 as that scripture now Yes, it says you, you, you have come to the firstborn church or the firstborn enrolled church that is in heaven. That, that tells us that the operations of our life, amen, must, must be part of that which, amen, heaven is doing. Remember, heaven is coming down. He said we must pray that his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. When we live in that dimension of our life, what begins to happen is we begin to touch and begin to operate from what is called the ascended life. Let me go to another scripture. And... Yes. In fact, this is this is a scripture that I was looking for. First Corinthians 15, 20. But let me take it from verse uh, 19. It says, if our if our hope in Christ is for this life alone, if our hope in Christ is for this life alone, it says we are we are to be pitied. I'm reading from the NIV. Is it the NIV? No, no. This is the Berean tr translation. It says we are to be pitied more than all men. In other words, if our hope is just limited, amen, to a life that we have here on earth, it says we are to be pitied more than all men. But verse 20, 20 says, but but Christ, he said, but Christ has indeed be reason. Because, of course, Paul is making an argument here. He said, but Christ indeed, because the argument is that Jesus never rose. He never rose. So we're wasting our time. Paul says, no, 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 he rose. He says, he says, but if Christ, it says, but Christ indeed has been risen from the dead. Listen to this. The first fruit, 
that connects to Hebrews. The first fruit of those who are falling asleep. The first fruit. Who are the, who, who are the people who fell asleep? The generation of the first man. The generation, amen, from Adam. That generation, that seed from Adam, amen, until his, his death and resurrection. That's a generation, amen, that were asleep. All of the things that we were doing that, we, that, was, that was being done back then was a position from one who is asleep. What does it mean to be asleep? It means, amen, not to be aware, amen, of, of what heaven is doing. To be, to be asleep means that you are not aware of what the Father, of what the Spirit of God is doing. Not to be aware of your true essence, of your true calling, of your true purpose. That, that you're doing things in the earth without a sense of awareness of God's intended purpose for your life. That is what it means. And of course, we know what led us to that slumber. All right? Sin. Sin, sin you know, deactivated us. The corrupt nature of sin deactivated us, amen, from a life that ought to bring us awareness. So Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus is the first fruit. He's the first that God awoken. He's the first that rose, yes. Because the only way we can walk, amen, in the new, in the new life of God, amen, is for us to be quickened. That's why the Bible says, if the same spirit, all right, let's, let's, let, let me go to that scripture now quickly. Thank you, Jesus. So many scriptures here before me. Romans 8, verse 11. It says, but if the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. You see how scripture is explaining scripture. If the same spirit, the key word is, is it the same spirit or is another spirit? Because if it is the same spirit, amen, that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same spirit living in you. The scripture says that if it's the same spirit, then you should know, amen, that you yourself have been what? Raised from the dead, has been quickened. Now you live in a dimension of a life, amen, that operates from that elevated, from that resurrected dimension of a life. If the same spirit who raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you, and I remember emphasizing, you know, uh, three days ago when we looked at the scripture, the concept is, does it live in you? If that spirit lives in you, you know, for something to live in you, you've got to tend it. You've got to keep it. You've got to, you've got to watch over it. You've got to make sure that that thing doesn't go astray, doesn't walk astray, doesn't, you, don't, you don't lose that thing. <laughs> if the same spirit lives in you, in other words, you have, to be you have to be very cautious. You have to do things that will not grieve the spirit. Because the spirit can come and the spirit can leave. Who says the spirit is there to, you know, have you heard people say, once saved, ever saved? That's a lie. You can't say, well, well, I'm saved, so I can just continue to do my own thing. No, you have to live a life, amen, that will keep you safe. Or else you can lose your salvation. Alright? If, if you take the grace of salvation in vain, you will lose it. You will lose it. You will lose it and you will lose all the benefit that comes with it. I've seen people like that, all right, who backslided and they found it very difficult to, to return back to the Lord because they kept giving one excuse after the other. When the Lord says, now it's time to turn. You know the word repentance means metanel in, 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 Hebrew, in, in Greek. It means to turn 360 degrees. You can't say you've repented. 
all right, and you turn, you know, 160 degrees. No, 360. In other words, you, you're heading towards this path. When you repent, you turn from this path, you begin to head this way. So if you say you've repented and you continue to do your own thing, guess what? The devil is going to lead you to the place of destruction. But beyond that, because that's not the point. Beyond that, the power, the benefit, amen, that you receive from, from the new life, from the new position, from the new identity. Because salvation comes with benefit. One of the benefits is to operate, amen, in the resurrected life. One of the benefits is to live, hallelujah, is to function in the power of resurrection. But when you refuse to align and comply, amen, with uh, 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 the, 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 the values and the principle of this new life, guess what? You can, you can be going to church. You can be doing everything that looks christian -y, but you are losing the power. You're losing the life. Because the, the things that God approves are the things that men don't see. <laughs> I discovered that. That the things that God approves are the things we disapprove. The things we disapprove are the things that God approves. So people may look at you from the natural point and say, oh, I know you. <laughs> but that's what God approves. That, you're living a life that is worthy. But they're not seeing all the, you know, all the things that people uh, to say, yeah, 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 ah, this person is. I know churches, you go to certain churches when they're not seeing you giving testimony of a new car, of a new house, of promotion. They'll say you're backslidden. They say, no, 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 God is not with you. <laughs> because their own definition of, you know, God being with you is that, you know, money is coming in. You're giving, you know, you're giving testimony. You know, you're getting more jobs. <laughs> but they don't understand that God can take you through certain process in life. That will shut certain things out of you to prove your heart, to prove your commitment. When they see that truly, truly you are ready. Boom. The blessing comes to the point that your neck start breaking. <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen that. So if you live your life based on human judgment, you're going to miss God. So what approves you are things that people don't see. When you're tracking with God in your own private life, you're tracking with God in your own private life. You know, when I pray, nobody sees that I'm praying. I don't even want people to see it because I'm not doing it for people to see. Whatever I'm doing, I'm not doing it for somebody to see it and approve it. But as long as heaven can see it, as long as the Father can see it, as long as God can see it, guess what? He is, the Bible says, He will see what you do in the secret, will reward you what? Openly. So if the, if the Spirit of Him who raised Christ from the dead, lives in you, dwells in you. That's the key word. You've got to know that the thing is dwelling in you. If it dwells in you, the Bible says, he will raise Christ from the dead, amen, will also give life to your mortal body. Will give life to your mortal body. Listen, sin will kill you and lead you to hell. I just spoke that to somebody. Sin will lead you to hell. If you don't repent from sin, it will lead you to hell. I just sense in my, in my spirit, God is grieved with your sinful nature. Somebody needs to hear this. You're watching me. Sin will lead you to an untimely death. You stop it. 
You stop it or you will face an untimely death. Death is knocking at your door. Don't let it come in. Stop sinning. Stop sinning and playing with God. Stop playing with God. Stop joking with the things of God. Stop getting familiar with the things of God. Stop saying, well, I know God. You don't know God. He's a consuming fire. You don't know him. Don't toy with the things of God. Look at what is going on all across the world. This is the finger of God. This is a message for somebody. You're watching me. I might not even know who you are, but this is for you. I'm picking this in my spirit. This is your gift. Stop sinning or sin will cause an untimely death. And I'm not talking about spiritual death. I'm talking about physical death. So let me make it clear. So don't say, oh, well, uh, no, no, no. You're already spiritually dead. Because when you're in sin, you're spiritually dead. And you're, you're, you're letting the devil control you to tell you, don't listen to him. <laughs> I am the voice of the Lord to you this afternoon. Stop sinning. It stinks. It stinks. Whatever you're doing, stop it. Whatever relationship you think you have, stop it. Whatever connection you think you have, stop sinning. Because listen to this. In the day of God's judgment, all of the things that you have done or you're doing or the people you know you connect to will not save you. Will not save you. Uh, people don't preach messages like this again. That's why the church is filled with stinking people. Oh, I don't, don't, don't see this thing. People are not going to come. <laughs> We're preaching to a great cloud of witnesses. We're not just preaching to people alone. We're preaching to the atmosphere. We're preaching to the conscience of nations. I told us how God is dealing with the nations. Europe. One of the ministers was saying, We've tried everything. We don't know what to, to do. We're, now we're looking to the sky. There's, not, is, there's nothing to look in the sky. You look up to God. God will continue to shake our foundation, friends. And we that we are living a righteous life, please continue to do it. Don't let nobody lie to you that, nah, this thing, you, you, why don't you just cut corner? I'm telling you, I can give you a testimony. My life is a testimony when it comes. I'm not saying I'm perfect. No, no, I've not said I'm perfect. But I'm saying when it comes to compromising, let's cut corner so that you can, no, no, no. I tell you, hold it. Because I understand that for every sin, there is a judgment. If you try to cut corner, you try to, you know, do shortcut with the things of God. Listen, you may enjoy the thing now. You may have that thing now. But something is waiting for you in the future. And they say, sorry, disapprove. You can't come in. You, we, we're not, we're not going to allow you. I had to ask myself, what do you want in life? I, do you want amen, the, 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 the compromise part? Or do you want to do you want God's part? You want God's part, it's not gonna be easy. You've got to make it plain, you've got to understand it. Don't let nobody fool you that when you when you're serving God, it's just gonna be all rosy. It's a lie. 
There will be trying times. There will be painful times. There will be times where you're going to cry. You're going to say, God, where are you? you? There will be times where you feel like go, giving up. There will be times where you feel like compromising. But if you can just hold on, if you can just ask him, Lord, give me grace and strength. Just help me because I know there's a reward. And guess what? When you do that, God will give you grace. He will give you strength and you'll be able to stand. And if you find yourself falling, rise up again, but don't take God for granted. Don't be like a Samson that says, ah, oh, well, well, well. <laughs> I will do as I used to do. The Bible says, and Samson did not know the Lord has left him. This is the message of God to us in this generation. We cannot continue to live our life as if there is no consequence. There's a consequence to every decision. The decision that the world has made earlier is what has brought us to this point, to all this corona. It is the decisions that men, leaders have made on behalf of the world. That's why God is judging the earth. This is why God is judging the earth. So let's not live as if, well, 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 this is just some corona. No, this is God judging the earth. This is God bringing the earth to reset. This is God saying, hi, I want my world. I want my people back. And if you continue to live like this, I will continue to kill you guys. He did it before. So this is not some strange message. God killed 70,000 in one day. 70,000 of, of people, he killed them in one day. God says, I'm going to kill the entire nation. <laughs> That's what we talked about this morning. Moses said, you cannot do that, Lord. God said, I will raise a, another generation from you. Move away. Let me kill them all. That's why, we. you see, the heart of a prophet, are two, it reflects to order. It reflects judgment and reflects mercy. So this is the judgment aspect of me now you're seeing. This morning you saw the mercy aspect, right? Uh-huh. You've got to track with me in the spirit. We cannot live our life, you know, just doing whatever we want to do. You, you connect when you want to, you, you, you give when you want to give. You, you, you know, you're happy when, no, no, no. You've got to track by the dimension, amen, of God's intention for your life. That's why I said earlier when I began, personal, personal leadership, personal management is the highest value, amen, of leadership. You think God is moved by the fact that you, you, you're leading 20,000, 20,000. You think God is moved by numbers? No. God can use anybody to do anything. But when you have personal concept of leadership, if you can lead yourself, you know how to say no when you need to say no. Hallelujah. Even if everybody's saying yes, you say no. Because heaven says no. I'm telling you, the whole heaven will stand at attention and they will give you a salute. They say, that's it. When you make a call to heaven, everybody will be hitting their head. They say, the phone is ringing. My daughter is on the line. Give her what she needs. Why? Because you honor God. You honor God. You honor God. Bible says, he will honor me. I will honor. When we dishonor God, he will disgrace us. It would disgrace us. Listen, I'm not preaching something. I'm not preaching theory. I've seen it in my own life. As a period in my life, I was living in sin. Is that, is that true? Yes, I was living in sin. I was living in sin. And God told me, if you don't repent, I'm going to kill you. Because you've known too much. <laughs> you know too much. 
you know too much. You know, it's like people working in the intelligence, you know, people working in government intelligence. You see, in that, when you take that kind of a job, it's for life. There's nothing like, oh, I, 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 I'm not going to do again. <laughs> I, I want to retire. Retire? Even if you retire, there are certain things you, you dare not say. You, you've known too much about the state. You know so much. If you open your eye, they will finish you. You're dead. They will find, the government will make sure you disappear. That's how it is with God. <laughs> you want to be joking around with the things of the spirit. In this, in this twilight, they will replace you quickly. They said that guy, Isaiah, call him up. And I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about the Isaiah in the Bible. Yes, they were almost repla replacing him. <laughs> because the, because the, the spirit that defines his day already captured him. In the year King Uzziah died, he said, I saw the Lord. Thank God he saw the Lord so he could hear what they were saying. <laughs> they were already planning to change him. Who would I send? We're looking for somebody that will replace you. This guy did not know that they were already looking for a replacement. They were, heaven was planning to replace Isaiah, the prophet. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the Isaiah in the Bible. Check it. In the year King Uzada, I saw the Lord. From that position, he saw that they're looking for a replacement. Who will I send? Who will go for us? <laughs> But, but I thought you sent me. They said, no, you, you've been unclean. <laughs> they have to take the call from, you know, from, from the altar. They have to take the call of and touch his lips. They have to, you know, rebrand him, re, re, renew him again. Hallelujah. Come on, friends. Let's not play with the things of the spirit. This is not the day to play with the things of the spirit. If you think you can play with the things of the spirit, you're joking. This is the day of the Lord. So we are coming into a day where our mortality must be dropped behind and we must step into a, a dimension of immortality. We must, we must step into a dimension of immortality, a life reflecting the dimension, amen, of one who operates from the Melchizedek order, from a priesthood that is not contaminated by flesh. From a priesthood that is not contaminated by sin. From a priesthood, hallelujah, that is not contaminated by the vagaries of the earth. This is the dimension. This is the priesthood. The priesthood that we are operating is a priesthood of Christ seated at the right hand of God, hallelujah, making intercession for men. That's, that's the priesthood that we are operating by. Are you getting this, friends? This is not a joke. The world have joked. The church have joked. For, for almost 20, 30 years, they brought us to this, to this day. Like, like I said this morning, all that is happening today, this is not coincidence. This is not just, oh, Corona just came event. No, no. This thing has been long coming. This thing has been long coming. They've been warning us. They've been telling us. They've been speaking. I've been warning. We've been talking. They said, don't mind them. This guy he just just like to make noise. <laughs> he just like to make noise. He's just a noise maker. Well, I like to make noise. As long as I'm making a good noise. You see, as long as I'm making a good noise. Because God, heaven is coming. And we have to get ourselves ready. We have to align to the demand of God. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Let's go back to our scripture. We're going to round up. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Amen. Lives in you. And I like to highlight the word lives in you. You've got to make him live there. 
You know what that means? Every other thing that will make him leave, you've got to make them leave. <laughs> Every other thing that will make him to leave, you've got to make those things leave. No, no, no. This man is more important to me than you. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, you, no, no, you've got to go. You've got, you've got to go. You've got to go. Something great. Someone great is coming. I'm preparing, you know. Imagine like, you know, you've got some very, you know, powerful shots, some, you know, a, a, a government official, maybe even the president coming to you, visit your house, just a visit. You know what you do. You know what you do. In fact, not just what you do, what they will come do in your house. <laughs> Everything will be clear. They will bring all kinds of gadgets to check to make sure that there are no bugs, to make sure that everything is prepared. Wow. The president is coming. How much more the king of kings and the lord of lords. We treat the things of God with levity. Ah, we get too familiar with the things of God. Ah, don't mind. Ah, it's just, just making noise. Ah, grace, grace, grace cover. <laughs> we're, playing, we're playing with fire. That's why I keep saying... Many people have not, have not been awoken to the reality of what is going on right now. Many people have not been awoken to the reality of what is taking place in the earth. They still think it's a joke. They still think this is a battle between China and America. If we live in that dimension, we will miss our day. We will miss the visitation of God. We will miss what the Spirit of God is saying to the church, to us in the earth. We will miss it. We will miss it. And we cannot afford to miss it. Because if we miss it and the ark, the door of the ark is shut, it is too late. It is too late. This is what makes me a prophet, not a pastor. Because you have to speak the way God puts the burden in your heart. People, people will hate you for that. But I live in the world of hate. I live in the world when people hate what we say. I don't, I don't bother about what people think about me. I, I am a messenger. I cannot but to speak. When they put the word, hallelujah, in my heart, my mouth cannot but to open and speak. We will, we will continue to speak. <laughs> it's, it's a dangerous office, but it's also an honorable office. That's why they prepare us for this. There's nothing happening today that we have not been warning people. Let's live our life. You see, it's a two-edged sword. As I'm speaking to you, the word is also coming to me. So don't just think this guy is just making noise. No, no. I also check my life. That's why I, 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 don't, I don't do hanky-panky. I don't, no. I don't play. I don't joke with people. I don't, I don't play on people's emotions. Please hold on for me. Hello, baby. All right. I think my wife is trying to get hold of me. She had to run to work this afternoon. So are you getting friends? We have to continually proclaim this word. This is our window of opportunity. One of the things, have you, did you hear anybody talking about the issue of sin in all of this context of Corona? But it's sin that brought us here. 
We like it or not. It's sin. It's our own lifestyle. Let's not be quick to blame the world. Judgment will begin in the house of God. Yes. It is sin. It's our own way of doing things. Not wanting to listen and, and respond to what God is saying. We want to do our own thing the way we want to do it. No, you can't tell me. Listen, God is not in the business of democracy. God doesn't live in the world of democracy. If you want to follow God, you have to follow his law. You have to follow his values. You have to follow his standard. You have to live by the principle that he established. Not, not your principle. He doesn't live by your democratic principle. He doesn't not, God doesn't live in the world of your own human rights. There's something called God, the, the word of God, the laws of God. The laws of God, the Bible says, are not grievous. So if you join the kings of the earth, who said in, 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 uh, in Psalm 2, <laughs> we're going to break his bands. We're going to break his hold over our life. We're going to do our own thing. The Bible says, he, he who lives in the heaven shall laugh and he will have them in derision. Let's understand and let's preach the, the full gospel. The, the real gospel is a consuming fire. You joke with God, God will consume you. I joke with God. He will be quick to consume me. So let's get it clear, friends. We want to stay in that order of a life that will continually experience divine elevation. We want to come to a day. Have you noticed that when the power of God comes into the life of his people, not only does God use that power to transform God also used that power to judge. You know, there's, we live in a day, people don't want to hear the, the both sides. They want to hear one side. It has to just be good. God, God is going to bless you. God is going to heal you. God is going to, yes, he's going to do all those things. But guess what? You got to also talk about the other side. Then the Bible says, amen, his word is a two-edged sword. Two-edged sword, yes. Hallelujah. I like it when God speaks like this. When God speaks like this, it brings us to a new level. And he redefines our relationship both with him and also with men. Praise God. Alright, let's read one more scripture and then I'll be done. I hear somebody say, oh, thank God he's going to be done. <laughs> oh, thank you Jesus. Mm, bless the Lord on my soul. So, in conclusion, we, we, we looked at the scripture. I'm going to read it again. It said, but if, but, but, but Christ has indeed been raised, been, been raised from the dead. All right. Is the first fruit of those who are falling asleep. And I've explained what that means. So what is this order of the first fruit? The first fruit, of course, is speaking of, not the first fruit of the money you give in the beginning of the year. The first fruit speaks, amen, of the first of his kind, the first of a new generation, the first of a new civilization who have entered into this new life, into this new order of a priesthood, into this new covenant. The New Testament has become so, uh, uh, so chipping that we don't even understand the life and the power and the meaning of what that means when we say the New Testament, the new covenant. This is the beginning. Jesus is the first, amen, of them who lived, who operated, who are operating from this order called the New Testament or the New Covenant. Why is it the New Covenant? Because he shed his blood. 
because the blood is what paved the way because his blood is what opened the door because the blood is what gives us access now this access amen allow us to touch a dimension of what is called the new life in christ if the same spirit, if the same life that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you, that same spirit, that same life, amen, quickens. I like the word. It says, will make a life, will quicken your mortal body. When it quickens your mortal body, your, your body becomes immortal. Immortal means you no longer live in the realm of the limitations of men. And that's the, the reason why we've been preaching this for the past three days is because the days ahead of us will require that we know those things, that we operate in this dimension of a higher life that gives us access to a divine power, that gives us access, amen, to a divine power, that gives us access. Because listen to this, the battle that is coming ahead of, the, of us will require that we are able to operate from the dimension that is called amen the kingdom life the resurrected life that, that that you'll be able to challenge you'll be able to face and you'll be able to expel amen the the, the, the systemic demonic operation that will be coming ahead of us we're not afraid but we're just saying everyone wants us to be prepared for it so when we stand we can stand shoulder to shoulder and we can say to the goliaths and we can say amen to the powers that be. You will bow the knees. Because there are things coming. There are things that will be unleashed on earth. Oh. Many of us will, would have wished that. No. I, I, uh, maybe, I, maybe I should have been dead. All of the things that we read about in the scripture. They are going to come to pass. Our people will be living in the earth. In the day of the fulfillment of amen, the mysteries. The, the mysteries of the book of Revelation. When those seal. The seal are already being broken now. They are already opening the seal. As the seal are getting opening. And we begin to see the, the avalanche of demonic oppression. And satanic oppressions in the earth. Our people must have amen, the, that, that resurrected life. That resurrected power. Where they can say Satan come make my day. We are ready for you. That's why we're touching this thing. This is not a joke. I'm preparing you for the future. And the future, amen, is here. So all of the things that people are talking about, the fear, the panic, no, we, we, we're, not, we're not afraid. We're not afraid of technology. We're not afraid of 5G and the whatever it is. We're not afraid of whatever they're going to do. We're not afraid. We're not afraid. We're getting ready. We're getting prepared for that. So we are having a right, a righteous standing. We are, we are becoming that heel of the Lord. We are having a resurrected life. We, I told you, amen, a few days ago, the term resurrection means to stand up again, to have a standing again. Sin does not allow us to stand. It cripples us. Sin, have you noticed that when you are in sin, your, your head is like this? You can't lift, you can't, sin will keep you in guilt. Who wants to live in guilt? When God says, arise and shine, your light has come. Sin will so shut your mouth that you can't even talk to your own father. That's how terrible sin is. It will shut you. You can't talk to your father. You wake up in the morning, you're looking at ceiling. God help you even if you wake up so early. <laughs> what are you going to be doing? You woke up so early. You, you don't know what to do, so you go turn on the TV. If you don't turn on the TV, you turn on the, your, your, you know, your social media, Facebook. You start scrolling. When you see Isaiah, you scroll over Isaiah. This one is a noisemaker. <laughs> you scroll, you scroll. You're looking at picture. You're looking at God knows what. 
That is sin. Sin will keep you away from the things of God. It's, it's just, this is just, you know, what they call it, common sense. You want to, do you want to have joy in your life or you want to have anxiety and sorrow? It's a choice. That's a choice I made. I have to weigh the two. Who, who doesn't like sin? A lot of people like sin. I know you won't tell me you love sin. Come on. Because sin is pleasurable. Amen. To the human body, to the soulish. But you've got to weigh the two. After you commit the sin, you feel more sorrowful. You feel more sinful. So why would you allow something to be oppressing you all the time? Why don't you just say, hey, no, I, I, I mean, that was Moses. The Bible says he, he, when he came of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You know what that means? No more check for you, Moses. <laughs> no more. Maybe every, every, every month, Moses received, uh, you know, God knows how much check. They say, well, sorry, you don't have allowance again. You're not bearing, you know, uh, 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 the son of Pharaoh's daughter again. You're no longer a prince again. There are a lot of things you're going to lose when you stop sinning. But then you come into a dimension of a life. The power, hallelujah, starts flowing through you. It's a choice. You've got to wait. They say, when by the time you eat that's that, that bread, amen, that, 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 that is stolen, that is eaten, you know, in a... In some God knows where, uh, in some corner, the, the, they said the bread will be turned to to gravel. <laughs> they said that bread will be turned to gravel. Come on, that's the end. That's the end result of sin. It will be turned to gravel. They said they said who who carries a coal of fire, amen, on his own bosom, and not get burnt. Who goes into the chamber, amen? Of this prostitute that, amen, will not lead to the chamber of death. Come on. That's Proverbs. So you've got to weigh the two. Do you, do you want a temporal pleasure? Or do you want, amen, a lasting pleasure? You've got to ask yourself. In this day where people are falling down, they're dying anyhow. You, you've, you've, you're aligned to God. You stop fighting. You align to God and stop things that can finish you. you. You've seen how people are dying around you. You think you're more righteous than those people? You know, when I look at the number of people that are dying, I, my heart breaks. God, have mercy. It's not a joke. Don't play with fire. Because if you do, it will burn you. Oh, come on. God must be speaking to somebody. Don't play with fire. It will burn you. And it will leave a lasting scar there. Let's lift our hands and say, Father, we yield to you today. We turn to you. We run to you. We run to your word. We run to your standard. We run to your mercy. We cry out. We want to stand again. It's called resurrection. We want to have a standing the Bible says in the last day, in the day where mountains are rising up, the mountain of the lost house shall be exalted above every other hill, every other mountain. And the good thing is, the Bible says, people will stream there. People will say, come, let us go up to the mountain. You are the mountain. I am the mountain. Why, why will people want to stream to a place where there is sin? They stream there only to discover this place. Ah, no, 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 no. We can't stay here. Come on. 
I hope you understand that God is not building some physical church. You are the church God is building. You are the church that God is preparing for glory. You are the church that will bring people into the kingdom. Come on. I know that and I'm sure you know that. If you don't, well, you should know that today. So let's prepare a people that will be amen, an elevated house. The mountain hallelujah, of the house of God. It's time to clean up. So that when we pray for nations, our hands are not stained with blood. Our hands are not stained with sin. We can lift up our hands and say, Lord, have mercy on the nations. You see, we cannot pray when there are guilt in our life. We can't pray when there is, you know, some stain. Some, the Bible says it's coming for a glorious church without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. We cannot live our life, amen, in our own way and think we're going to please God. You didn't hear me? We cannot live our own life by our own ways, by our own standard and think, no, no, no. There's a sacrifice you're going to pay to please him. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. Only lovers of truth will hear this and come again. When I see you co connect with me again tomorrow, I know you love truth. <laughs> I'm just joking. I know, I know many other people watching us, including most of the people that I don't see. I know they love the truth. That's why they connect with us. Aren't you glad that you can tune to a channel, you can connect to a channel that you can hear the undiluted word of God? Aren't you glad? Father, we thank you. We glorify your name. We bless your holy name. Worthy are you, Lamb of God. Thank you. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for liberty. Thank you for the power to release your word. Thank you, Lord. Yes, I just speak that in my spirit. This word has set certain people free. Indeed, freedom is what Christ came to give us. And until we are free, we cannot be elevated. There's no resurrection. Only free people resurrect. We said a few days ago, sin is a weight that keeps us down. So we cannot resurrect. But today, because we have died, amen, and because we'll continue to die, amen, we'll continue to experience divine elevation. So, Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. I thank you for every heart, every heart, every soul, every mind. Thank you for the life of the people today that you have set free. Thank you for this word that is going into the atmosphere, changing and transforming as many who, oh God, who will come into the influence of this word. We thank you. We honor your holy name. We give you glory, oh God. We give you praise. We thank you, Lord, that this ministry will continue to advance. No power, no spirit, no entity will be able to stop what you have begun. I feel it in my spirit that you have shifted this work to another level. I thank you, Father. Bless your holy name. Thank you for as many that you are connecting to this stream, oh God. I pray for them that you continue to keep them. Lord, that they will not just hear me. A day will come, men will begin to hear them. Because indeed, they will become a voice of their own, yes, declaring and proclaiming what you have deposited in them. Because this is the essence of this, of this work, to train people and to release them into their own ministry, into their own 
position of functionality. Yes, Father, I thank you. I honor your holy name that your grace will continue to increase in them. Your goodness will continue to increase in them. Your will will continue to prosper through their hands, oh God. You will continue to raise them up and show them the good path of your glory, of your righteousness. Thank you, Lord. The sin will not stop them. The flesh will not stop them. Their appetite will not stop them. They will live beyond their own appetite. They will live beyond their own passion and desire. They will come into the confluence of your desire. Their life, oh God, will become an enfolgence of your glory. I thank you, God, that you will continue to cover them. As we stand and pray for the people of the earth, we declare once again, oh God, mercy, mercy, for mercy, has met with truth. Righteousness has kissed. Yes, righteousness and peace have kissed each other. We thank you. We honor you for what your spirit is doing across the earth. Thank you for your power, your glory, your grace. Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Yes, Lord. Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. We step into the day of glory. Only those who have elevated, only those who have resurrected, experience glory. We thank you, God, that we will constantly embrace the dimension of the resurrected life. That we may flow in the glory. That nothing will be able to stop this church. There is a church that you are birthing right now that nothing can stop. No entity, no system, no man, no, no need can stop this, oh God. It is too late for the powers of hell to stop this work. We bless you, oh God. You say you will build your church and the gate of hell will not prevail. We thank you, oh God. We honor your holy name. You are the builder of the church. What says every house is built by, by, by some man, but God is the builder of all things. Continue to build as you build the nation. We declare, oh God, your city, your nation, Jerusalem coming from above will be made manifest. We bless you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Well, once again, I want to appreciate everyone that has connected with us this again this afternoon. Thank you so very much. We've almost done two hours, one hour, 45 minutes. Word of the Lord has come forth again powerful i tell you i feel a shift in my spirit i feel a shift in my spirit and i know this is what is happening to many of us out there so thank you again everyone that has connected with us thank you sister diony thank you for your word thank you thank you my dear sister tina thank you appreciate it thank you so very much i appreciate you thank you thank you for listening i appreciate it god bless you god bless you thank you my dear sister kumisa and my dear bishop all the way from nigeria amen Pastor Peter, thank you. I really appreciate it. Pastor Moses, thank you so very much. It's an honor to have you connect with me this afternoon. God bless you, sir. Thank you so very much. My love to all my people there in Nigeria. God bless you, sir. All right. And uh, my dear sister, Rene, thank you so much. Rena, sorry. Rena, thank you for connecting once again. God bless you. appreciate your connection. God bless you. Of course, Sister Kumi, sir. Thank you so very much. Thank you so much for connecting. Well, all right, Brother Melvin, thank you so much for connecting. Really appreciate your connection. Brother Derek, thank you so very much for connecting also. I hope I, I've, I've, I've been able to mention all the names of those who have connected. But I also know that there are people watching us that I don't see their name connected. And that is because they are not on my on my friend list but i appreciate every one of you i know you're watching me and i know you can hear me thank you for watching thank you for connecting may the lord continue to bless you well if the word this day has has come to you in such a forceful powerful way receive it just say god i thank you for grace i receive this word 
Aren't you glad that you have a prophet in our day that can give us the word of God undiluted? Amen. Without asking you to sow a seed. Aren't you glad? All right. So thank you everyone for watching. May God continue to prosper you. May continue to keep you. And may we continue to walk away in that position of standing up again. And what does that mean? Resurrection. May his life continue to flow through you. May virtue continue to flow through your life. May he continue to guide you. May he give you the seed that will keep your posterity. Hallelujah. Even in the days ahead, when you are no longer there, may your generation begin to speak of the things that has been deposited in you. Because indeed, your seed will speak of this day in their time. God bless you. Have yourself a wonderful afternoon. And please don't forget, please keep praying for me. I need all your prayer. I need all your prayer. I covet your prayer. Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye.